the Podjectivity Network. Do you guys believe in God? No. I do, but not the God that I was raised to believe in. Different God. Not the bearded guy in the throne with a robe on. Yeah, but is he white? <laughs> it's not like a in the, it Like in the paintings? No? It's like a multiverse God. Go on. Why don't you go first? Hey, I'm asking the questions here. <laughs> no, okay. I'll take a stab at it. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm an atheist per se, and it's tiring to try to define what you are, I suppose. Um, but I'm smart enough to know that I don't know anything, really, in the scheme of the universe. I really don't know anything. So I would say that I'm a, I wouldn't rule it out. But religion has certainly beaten it out of me. Uh, any desire, I guess, to believe in or worship in any way has been f- firmly and thoroughly beaten out of me forever. But I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not going to schedule my my life around it. I'm not going to do without. I'm not going to schedule my diet around it like the no meat Friday kind of thing. I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that that's going to punch my ticket to heaven or not. How many Fridays I didn't eat meat and that sort of thing. So that's all just that's all just got to go for it's me. Minimum 500 Fridays in order to get in. It's okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. I probably punched that I could do the math of my first 18 years of life. I might have gotten there. So you're in. Maybe. Maybe. 52 Fridays in a year times 18 years. I'm close anyway. Uh, Just not sure, but not unsure enough to worship anything, really. That's where I'm at. Not You're, a fierce atheist, I'll say. Just a casual, passive atheist, really. <laughs> well, your your ability to live with un- uncertainty separates you from the flock to a degree. I think there's probably people who are, quote, believers that have as much doubt as you do, but just can't maybe bring themselves to confess that they don't know yeah. any more than you do or I do. And people's ability to, you know, sit with, live with uncertainty, profound uncertainty is not great in general. Just an observation. So made, true. You know, well, and, and or things that scare us also yeah. make us cling to you know whatever explanation can make that fear go away like what 
climate change, not real. Don't believe, you know, it can make you not believe in things as much as it can make you believe in things. It can make you deny or accept things that are kind of beyond you or irrational. Yeah. Do you guys, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Have Have you ever heard of Unitarian? Uh, no, well, yeah. I'm not, I, I don't go to Unitarian. I've heard it, but in a, with my background, it would be that Unitarian is just, you know, that's, that's weak sauce. They're not, they're not all in like we are. No, but they welcome the principle, the, the question of, uh, I don't really know, but I'm willing to seek answers and like keep seeking. That's kind of the Unitarian thing. You know what I think is part of the problem with a lot of religious thinking or believing in God too, is this idea that, you know, it's backward looking, you know, according to the scripture, according to the gospel, according to the wisdom, not, not to say that there's no merit in ancient wisdom, Mm -hmm. but like that doesn't really jive very well with modern society that is driven by, you know, new discoveries in the lab, new information, new, you know, we are a forward looking society in many respects and, Knowledge, research, data, analysis, you know, evolution of knowledge is a forward-looking process. And that's the model that we're being asked to subscribe to on one level. But then religion poses this backwards-looking, you know, Ten Commandments. This stuff was written in stone years ago. You can't question it. Just go with it. It's true. You know, you can't expect people to do that now because so, mm, you can't expect people to do that now. Why? Because it is, I think, uh, it's contrary to what we've come to learn about about you know about about how you acquire how you how you develop understanding and knowledge about things you know the scientific method isn't just a handy tool to figure out how to do any number of you know things in a laboratory i think it represents like a level of skepticism and like you know having the burden of of proven having to support your position on things and it's driven us and propelled us to you know uh these these great achievements and like it's it's worked its way into social theory and and you know equality i would say even you know people are critical thinkers in a way that old ideas are being challenged that's the that's the nature of science you don't just accept things you don't just say oh the world's flat because it looks kind of flat no we've got to reassess that based on what this galileo guy is saying it's it's forward looking You know, that's the, that's, I mean, not to say that you don't have a sense of history or you don't ever, ever look back to get a full perspective, but this idea that the answers to life's secrets are a greater understanding to like how to live your life is all behind us doesn't make any sense. Mm, I think I see what you're saying. The, so I think about that energy that you're talking about. I think about God as energy. So I think about, and I've heard, I've heard it said that 
when science really unfolds and discovers what's at the base of life, that will be the explanation of God. It's mm. what's on the inside of everything already there. Physics. And science is in the process of uncovering, like quantum. Yeah, like it's in the process of uncovering and uncovering and uncovering and how... The Higgs boson. Molecules right? that can stay together. You're in there. Right on, right on. <laughs> United molecules or quarks or whatever that's, that are together, that are separated across laboratories, across miles, how they both can respond as if they're still in the same room together and how... I'm going to need to see your research on that. <laughs> well, it was that um, string theory guy that was on that podcast that you're listening uh, to. Brian Green, I think his yeah, name is. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he yeah. writes a lot about that. Good job. Good good citation. Thank you. Well, that book, The Elegant Universe, changed the way that I looked at things when I read yeah. about how different, how waves, how molecules or particles act like waves and how things act when they're not being watched versus when they are being watched. Mm. And it's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, but the thing that comes to mind in in a scientific context, like the acquisition of of a real understanding of something that you can support. I mean, it's a it's such a patient process. It takes years and years and scientists have to build on each other's research and you know uh i don't know was it einstein who said like the i i see as far as i can because i'm standing on the shoulders of the the folks who've come before me and the work that but it's you know cumulative process of right but there's a faith there's a faith that there's an answer Mm. to the unanswered questions and i feel like that is also god so it's kind of like it's kind of like the seeking, the curiosity, the creation. That's all God. That's the energy of God. It's the energy that keeps trees growing out of the ground. And they're, it's like building from the roots that they already have. It's the oak and the acorn thing. It's like the energy of creation. It's in everybody. And it's also the energy of discovery. It's what connects us. That's all God to me. As you are laying out this very, uh, what do you want to call it? This very open-minded, enlightened redefinition, if you will, or, uh-huh. or definition of God. As you're laying this out, yeah, and I'm following along. Okay. I am still recoiling inside every time you say God. Every time I say God, because I'm like, because I'm like, no, come on, I don't. And I, I, I'm trying to get over that, mm-hmm. but it, I'm, it's a, it's a thing. Recovering Catholic. It is it's a thing. It's re- tra- it is trauma. My for sure. Re- the religion of my youth was mm-hmm. such a central part of my life, but all I ever saw it as was a punishment. So as you're laying out these cutting edge theories, the elegant universe, mm-hmm. and. But every time you say that's God, I twitch and go, Ugh. I'm back in a pew. I'm kneeling. I Every time you say ah, it, it's, interesting. I, it is a work in progress to shake that mm-hmm. and entertain these sorts of 
definitions of God. I'm it, I'm 46 and I'm trying to oh my gosh. train myself not to poo-poo every mention of God. I don't like the word God just, to no. describe those things. It's loaded. To be a well-rounded dude here. It's, I use other words. It's too loaded now, but so loaded. it's this idea too. Probably the worst thing about it to me is, you know, if people stop telling the story, these stories associated with traditional religions, mm-hmm. they would disappear. Mm-hmm. Those gods would cease to exist if humans stopped telling the stories. Of that, I'm mm. convinced. But the human quest to better understand mm-hmm. their nature, their place in the universe, all of that, that doesn't go away. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it requires a lot more patience to work towards an actual, real understanding of the nature of life, the mystery of creation, all of these big questions. It takes a lot more patience. You're probably not going to get the answer or see it in your lifetime. You might know a little bit more than everybody else who's come before, but it's still kind of unanswered. And it's so much easier to just tell yourself a nice story. <laughs> well, I think, yeah... Yep. I I think that there's comfort in guidelines and comfort in structure. And when people, it's easier for them to have faith in something external than in something internal. That's something, it's easier for them to have faith in something external that's concrete, like a man or a God, something built in the human form. Because most people in the Catholic religion, at least, when they think of God, they think of a man, right? We were made in his image. Correct. And, yeah, I kind of think that's bullshit because that's not how I think about... I don't... You weren't there. I don't... Right. (laughs) When he pulled the rib out of (laughs) person and made another person with it? I don't think that... I don't use the word God. Mm. I use... Creator, mm. divine essence, what other words? The unknown, the infinite wisdom. Because mm-hmm. God Un- is a loaded word. Uncertainty. I wanted, to, I wanted to come back to that before we got too much farther. Um, this is like an eight-hour discussion. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> And what you said, that was a, entirely too long of a pause for a podcast. The uncertainty and the internal, those two things. I arrived at some point that I felt more comforted with the notion that there's nothing out there watching me or that cares about me, that I'm just a blob of atoms in this infinite universe that's here for a blip and then I'm gone and then I my energy just goes dissipates into other energy doesn't die it, or energy cannot be destroyed that's the proper way to say it uh, at some point in my journey I felt more comforted by that than anything I learned in the first 18 years I found no comfort. I found only punishment and fear 
in religion. And what I'm wondering right now, I think I was like this anyway. And then what you said about internal, like my, I was comfortable breaking all the chains of this religion that I grew up with because it, it comes from within, I guess. And it doesn't come from within for everybody, I suppose. But lucky me, I, it comes from within. My, if you want to call it faith in humanity or what, whatever it is, I draw it from within. I don't need an external source to constantly tell me that you're going to get to heaven. Just keep, you know, just... So, so just keep fasting and just keep <laughs> so and so on. Some and people you'll get would there. call that divine guidance, though. And I feel like, boy, that, this is an eight-hour discussion. And I'm wondering if finding somebody, if my mate, my wife, mate. finding finding somebody <laughs> who was similarly and maybe equally scarred by her religious upbringing and has the same basic uh, belief, there's more comfort in that there is no nothing. There's just, you're just some cells in the universe and you've got some time and then you'll disappear and then there'll be other globs of cells and they'll have their time and then they'll disappear. Hmm. I wonder, I'm wondering if it helps that I found someone who believes exactly the same that I do. Oh, I'm sure. Or I think I was just kind of like that anyway, though. I really do. And mm. I, but, and the fact that we found each other is just a bonus. Like, well, that kind of compatibility is that's compatibility. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an important one because mm. otherwise then when you have kids, do we oh, baptize yeah. the kid? Yeah. And we both were uniformly we? like, it was never even a thought. Yeah, I mean, it's hard enough just if your parents are still faithful and you're not going along with the program. But if you've got to fight, you know, the per, you know, going being part of the program within your own house, that's tension that nobody needs. <laughs> and you're also talking about the choice between someone watching you all the time and judging you. Yeah. Or and am I pleasing them? No, am I pleasing or, you? Or no one watching you at all ever, and yeah. you're free to do what you want. That's well, an easy choice. You've, you've heard, you've probably heard it before, though. There's this old adage, I think, that like it was either religion or government. I think it was religion. Religion is what keeps the poor from eating the rich. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, no. But this is as a as a form of social control. Uh. You know, it's a like any institution. You know, like it. it it's. Uh, Do the poor go to church more than the rich? You know. Think of it this way. It's it's a way to keep people on their knees in a way. Oh, keep yeah. them humble. Keep them, you know, keep them in line in mm -hmm. a sense. You know, if people are afraid of, of hell and, 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 and that, then they're, they're, they're not going to, you know, this whole idea that Dan's talking about, like, or, or what you just said, well, it's an easy choice, you know, being judged all the time or free will well, the downside of free will is that all the responsibility for your actions rests on your shoulders. There's some comfort in being told what you can yes. and can't do. Dude. 
You know, that's like, that's a little bit like, and it goes back to in, in these COVID times, I found myself taking a certain amount of comfort listening to old gospel music. And I was struck by grown ass people using language like father, take my hand, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and this, I like a speaking to their creator, God, as if they were still a child. And I think it speaks to the fact that no matter how self-possessed or confident enough we get as adults, we're vulnerable. And we have this insecurity about us that isn't always comfortable with having to steer our own course completely and not have anybody else at the rudder. You know, I mean, you know, these kind of structures are reassuring and in place, not just because we like to be guilted or, you know, it's comforting. It it's, it's, you know, a lot of people, yeah, find a satisfaction in being a humble servant and they, that's a type of dignity. It's a dignified way to live. It's, it's humble to not have to, God damn it, Nath, you've got a way that, oh, well, that is very, that is, well said. That is very well said. You know, and the, something I don't consider probably often enough. Or maybe it's just because I'm still fighting my battle. Mm. Well, or it's just kind of arrogant to assume that like it's all up to me. True. I can make all my own decisions. I don't need anybody else's input or guidance. Well, that's a recipe for an asshole. But would you have the same response if, it, if someone had written down "Father, take my hand"? Or was it the song? It was a combination of both, and it was touching to me, and it just softened my... Yeah. I mean, you heard I how ar- I was talking I about argue, schools and would, things before. Like, I don't want anybody telling me not to be a bully and whatever <laughs> else and fuck the man and... Blah, 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 you know, but I try and see all sides to things, and I just... it was a It was a more innocent time, too, and, you know, the conversation has become more and more sophisticated as time passes and it sounds childish almost and absurd on some level to hear these grown people singing to their creator like they're little kids as grown-ups but it's also kind of it was a sweet reminder in this time when we're going through the pandemic that like fuck we're we're scared we're vulnerable and I'm finding some comfort in this right now, even though I don't believe. I, I see where it's coming from. That's right in Scripture, that you enter the kingdom of heaven with the faith of a child. Like, that's... that's. I can't quote you chapter and verse, but that's baked right in. That is... Humility. The gospel... Well, and vulnerability. Vulnerability. Because I wonder if it's the singing, the um, the total open heart voice... Um, vulnerability, basically the Jon Snow, I know nothing kind of place. And then relating to that and be like, yeah, that's me. Wait, too. is that Game of Thrones? Jon Snow? Me. Yeah. Okay. That's me too. I feel that way too. That makes a connection. And then it's sort of like, I've heard metaphors used where humans come to earth with earplugs in and blindfolds on and they can't see how powerful they are that they are a piece of the creator that they're a piece of the divine they can't see it and they don't know it 
and that your life is a process of taking your earplugs out and your blindfold off Mm. to see how powerful you are and that the divine is actually in you working through you. The practice of meditation and mindfulness and seeing the infinite within your own mind is a process of coming back to that divine place of saying, aha, that's who I am. I have my own inner compass, but it's guided by the connections that are inexplicable, the synchronicities and the the like magical things that happen when you're sort of in that current, that when you come back to that place, you're taking out your earplugs and you're taking off your blindfold and you're realizing how powerful you actually are and that that essence of the divine, the person that's going to, or the, the energy that's going to guide your hand and like lead you is within you all along. Have you guys heard that at all? Whoa. Yeah. Have you heard that? I've heard it from you. Um, that sounds right. Wait. Okay. <laughs> what you said a minute ago, the responsibility like with doing whatever you want comes this great responsibility and also this uncertainty. And I, at some point, I, I can't say when or how, but it, that thing about being alone here in the universe and all that, there is a price to that. And... You have to, if you take this path, you have to learn to be comfortable with being uncertain. The first thing you've got to be comfortable with is like, I don't know, man. Hmm. And people like to be certain. Uh, Boy, did I get plenty of that in my religious upbringing, (laughs) you know, that this is just how it is. Uh, I, and I'm trying to, you guys have, We've talked a little bit about uh, my kids and how Lori and I both come from these strident religious traditions. We found each other and started a family where we have thrown that shit into the fan and just (laughs) watched it blow out the window and just let it burn. Let it all burn. Okay, that's been great. But now that my kids are teenagers and so on, I have started to think about, you know what? We have kind of short, we've shorted them a little bit that they don't really have a spiritual. We've seen a 19, 16, 16, 11 year experiment of raising children in a total vacuum, a total deity vacuum. There is no, we don't talk about God or religion or anything. They live in this, it doesn't exist to them. They don't know about it at all. Their only reference know, is probably like cynical their grandmas. references. Well, their references are their grandmas. Mm. Oh. And then also some cynical, some pretty cynical references at home. Yes. And sarcastic. bottom line, they know that they don't have to get up on Sunday morning and get dressed and go anywhere. That's a part of it too. Is like life is fucking hard. Uh, life is full of responsibility. I'm not scheduling myself to get up on Sunday morning to go anywhere. Like, I need fucking time to just lay around and do nothing. But that's not where I, I, that's not the point. This, 
I've been trying to introduce the boys to this price that they're getting old enough now and I'm going to be kicking your ass out of here pretty soon and you're going to have to live on your own without our the warm embrace of mom and dad and god damn it must be nice to live here especially during pandemic times I say that even more now man it must be nice to be quarantined here Jesus Christ look at the food in there <laughs> and the amount of subscription services we have and all that kind of thing so I'm trying to teach them I'm trying to get them to consider that price. The price is, is it's up to you and you've got to make decisions and there is no hand that's going to scoop down and save you when you make a bad choice. You've got to live with your bad choices too. That's karma. And well said. I, no, I mean like that's a religious belief. Karma. It's just not Catholic. Are you trying to make me religious? <laughs> There's a difference between... You just didn't realize you were a Buddhist your whole yeah, life. Yeah, you that's just didn't know. You yeah. didn't know. And maybe that's what this is. is I, but, I think that's but really, you, maybe. That's what I said. But maybe that's part of this sure, too. Though. Is I'm going to sit here at, in back, real time said. and learn that I am a Unitarian. Or I'm going to learn that I'm a Buddhist and I, I was think all along. You are, I don't know. You probably are a Unitarian. Because it says... This is what it says. It is comprised of people seeking a supportive environment with kindred spirits to accompany them on their spiritual and ethical journey. Come from many backgrounds. Some of us are refugees from the world of orthodox religion. Hmm. Others are looking for an alternative to the soulless consumerism that has become the dominant Hmm. religion of our time. Hmm. Still others are parents, educators, or activists who have a vision of a better world. We agree there is no single superior path but instead many possibilities, and we have chosen to spend at least part of that journey together in community. And then it talks about what they believe. Deeds matter more than creeds. I like it. That sounds like you. Oh, shit. Well, podcast over. I'm a Unitarian. You're a Unitarian. Congratulations. See you at the Unitarian service at 10 (laughs) a.m. I hope it's not too early, because I will not make it. I will bring the tang and donuts for the special (laughs) Uh, you I think you might be Unitarian. You mentioned the faith of a child. We, we talked about the faith of a child a second ago. I might be Buddhist. You mentioned the ancient wisdom and that in the quest for new knowledge, constant. that's what we do. That's what human beings do. We constantly challenge old beliefs and look for truth. And if that means that some old beliefs break and fall away, then... So be it. Uh, And that these stories die if people stop telling them. As luck would have it. Uh, I'm a big fan of this guy, Jordan Peterson. Maybe you've heard of him. He's a clinical psychologist. He's from Canada. He's famous for a whole other reason. He got famous for challenging a a freedom of speech issue in Canada. That they were going to make it illegal to 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 not use someone's preferred pronoun in this age of wokeness and oh why would they know, do that transgender stuff why would they do what make it illegal good question hmm. trying and to enforce a level of consideration codifying it into law that if someone says I'm you must call me what they and you don't that that's breaking the law and he said. This is a bad road to go down. Yeah. And he did that. I, he must have went to parliament or something and mm. spoke. And well, 
he got pretty famous from that. And that spun him into this, his whole own fame. And it turns out he's a hell of a lecturer and a hell of a mind on God, the human condition. I just said, God, the human condition in general, in his work and his lifelong study as a clinical psychologist, he has got a hell of a take on the human condition. And one of his pet topics is the concept of God. And I, I've, I've tried to, I've played some of his material for the boys as I am trying to get them to understand this life you've led so far without any religion. It's not free. It comes with a lot of responsibility and I'm trying to find a way because they don't want to hear it from me. So I've got, it's gotta be somebody else. Uh, I've been, and th- this guy has been a vehicle for that. And I stumbled on, he does a series that's on YouTube, uh, Jordan Peterson Biblical Series. There are, I don't even know how many lectures there are. They're two and a half hours long, two hours of straight lecturing, and then at the end there's like a half an hour of Q&A. And I've made it through like two and a half of them. The first one is two hours of him just preparing you to entertain the concept of God, Ah. which is something you don't get when you're a little kid and you grow up in a religious house. Hmm. It's just there from the beginning. There is no, and if you ask any questions, all you get is there is no beginning and there is no end. God always was. Don't you think? And you're like, well, that's what you say every time. Don't you But what what really happened? Don't you think your kids are already, at, at some point, even when you're a kid, you're like, what if this? What if? The Big Bang, like, we all came from the Big Bang, right? There are, whatever energy created the Big Bang is in us. So what it, like, don't your kids kind of imagine or ask questions? Where did I come from? I'm going to say not a great deal. At least not yet. Um, They're more into Legos and video Mm. games and more immediate concerns. I mean, we do, we we drop that stuff on them from time to time, though. We force it sometimes. Yeah. What if? Philosophical discussions. And they have asked questions in the past. Not saying they haven't, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not super common. Well, and you can, you can survive without having these questions answered. So like Frankly, on a yeah. practical level. If you're not curious, you can, yeah. you can get by. And, you know, to quote the Indigo Girls, as I often do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to fine. Uh, like, <laughs> as it, this relates to religion, like, I I appreciate what you're trying to do. You're trying to stimulate your kids. Like, you're trying to reach their spirit through their intellect. I'm not trying to make them bit. anything. I'm just trying to just. Yeah. I'm just trying to start that perpetual motion machine in them. That you've got to think about things beyond Xbox, your buddies, what's in the fridge, you know. Yeah, maybe. And you will be challenged in life. Your life has been pretty easy so far. Spark. You are going to be challenged and you're going to face darkness. You're talking about spark. You're going to have to. Consciousness. Find it. Developing a Mm. conscience uh, to a degree. Yeah. Maybe, but. I think we've done a decent job with that, of giving them a conscience. And to go all the way back, you know, to like. 
how to treat people, the bullying and that sort of thing. You know, right? They've gotten that at home. They're in that sector that's that got that at home. That you think of others and you. So we got that covered. The do unto others thing got that. Under so you control. want them to have the seeking quality, seeking. They need to have some framework for when things get ugly. Okay. And it's going to. Yeah. When your career fails or when your wife leaves you. When your somebody dies. When you're when somebody dies. Yeah. When your relationship crashes and burns. You're so far it's just been Oh man, I died in Call of Duty and I had to respawn. They didn't have my favorite chips at Piggly Piggly Wiggly. And at yeah. dinner tonight, somebody else got more of it than I did. So you've given them the favor of not having an overlord shaming them. Yes. Congratulations. That's good. And now you're like, maybe it's time to Shame introduce them. the idea of faith in something. Or. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Along these lines. Yeah. Yes. Just what your mom and I have discovered through, you know. We've been together a very long time, 20-some years. So, like, by the time we were in our 20s, we sort of had... We had that early version. We had the religious take. We definitely test drove that. (laughs) And then we had to find sanity outside of it. Yeah. And you did. So what, what do you have faith in when times get rough? That all you can do is make decisions as best you can. And you have to live with what happens. You know what I think? Uh, Quick answer. That's what. That's all I can say. The best. Deeds, f- not creeds. Deeds, yeah. not creeds. You are such a Unitarian. And you got to live with it. <laughs> and good or bad. And sometimes even the best decision has a bad side to it. Things like that. They just, they don't get that yet. And that's just my job as their dad. Well. Is to get them ready. Because man, sometimes there isn't a good answer. Sometimes mm-hmm. even the good answer is fraught with downside. And that's a, it's just like, it's time. You're getting older. You're moving out. You, it's time to. Your example. Sack up a little bit, guys. Yeah. Your example is the ultimate teacher, though, of that, I believe. You know, it doesn't matter. It's the ultimate expression of like deeds, not creeds. Mm-hmm. Not lectures, not the publicity campaign to to mm. stop bullying, but not 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 modeling poor behavior or or poor choices mm-hmm. one after the other. And that doesn't mean being perfect, but I think the one thing that the Christian faith got kind of right in emphasizing, even though they didn't always practice it or model it so well, was the concept of forgiveness. When people talk about grace and mercy you know, these qualities define perhaps just human decency more or as much as any quality. And for the longest time, in the way that I was raised, a man couldn't do that. He couldn't ask for forgiveness. Really? No. You don't. It's it's what I was saying earlier. You don't apologize because oh. it shows weakness. Ugh. And, and uh, so, but then... If you never if you never ask for it, how do you expect to receive it? Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen in my own family where a person who couldn't forgive anybody or could never ask for it, mm-hmm. you know, in turn has to live with an estrangement. 
from somebody, for instance, because there's no resolution there. And, you know, so if you have, if you have been able to teach your kids how to, you know, set some boundaries about like, I will accept this, I won't accept that. But when mistakes are made, demonstrating forgiveness, showing them what it, what it means to try, fall short, be accountable for what they did wrong and try and correct it. Like that's the central message. You can get it through church. You can get it, you know, in, in through the example of your parent, hopefully, but it's, you know, it's nice to have that reinforced and, you know, but that, that to me is what, that was my most important takeaway, the thing that I try and continue. And, and I'll, I'll stop my, my, uh, soapbox on this momentarily, but like I'm in a new job and relatively new job. So I'm still fucking up. And I mean, maybe I will as long as I work there, but it's partic- in this period, particularly where you're prone to like make boneheaded errors. And when, and when you, when you experience forgiveness from someone like your boss who has authority over you and could be a jerk and sometimes they are unforgiving, but instead you're met with a very humane, you know, Christian in practice, even though this person I'm pretty sure isn't religious expression of, Hey, I see that you're trying and, you know, we're both acknowledging that you made a mistake, but it's okay. You know, I'm forgiving you. Uh, let's move on. You know, that's a healthy model. Not go over and repeat some OCD sort of string of <laughs> prayers to an imaginary mother of a savior or whatever. You know, like it's... I've heard, So I've said enough. One of the things I like about some of the... Like Buddhism and the... Um, Practices that are coming from the other side of the world is they talk more about enlightenment and evolution. I feel like where what are where did Christianity or uh, Catholicism originate? Was it the Middle East? Boy, right? was Jesus it? I don't was, know. Jesus was a uh, well. Jesus church. was, but he was Jewish. He wasn't Catholic. But, oh, Catholicism is Italian, right? Rome, the papacy, all of that. The Roman, the, the Catholicism that's where, that's spread. That's where HQ ended up. Yeah. Boy, this is... Spread down from... This is the part of the pod where the I'm Holy just kind of grabbing. Okay, I don't so I said the other side of the world originated. for these other ones, but yeah, I don't get a sense that... HQ. Catholicism... <laughs> Or Christianity is a is in the enlightenment business. They're they're like more in the obedience business of how to live a good life and be a good person, how to get into heaven. And I feel like the Buddhist and maybe Hindu, some of their stories and practices are about becoming one with the divine merging basically with that wisdom and expanding your human mind uh 
And that feels very different to me. It feels like an evolution versus keeping people in place, kind of. They're, they're, you're encouraged to get bigger and more expansive and more imaginative and to go deeper into your consciousness versus... Stop thinking about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sin, sinner. Yeah. Sinful. Shame. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Well, the year was 1977. Two batch out of hell. One was me, the other was a middle old Addicted with the sexuality. However, it be years before I'd be allowed to hear it. My Catholic mama wouldn't let a little boy anywhere near it. Mama couldn't sit beside me when I took the bus to school. I couldn't help but overhear it from the boomboxes belonging to all the badasses back conducting classes of a different kind. Cultivating little dirty mind. Oh, now I've been told the paradise was off limits for the living. Was conflicting with the message that the meat was given. He said something about it being by the light. He said something about it being by the light of the dashboard. Oh Lord, I had to cross myself, cover my head. It took me, took me, took me yet to find a woman who was willing to give me a little piece of extra Rolling Stone style of satisfaction. Plugs and blindfolds thing that you were talking about. Mm. The more I, the more I pursue this uh, this Bible series. Oh. And the uh, 
you know, the importance of these stories. And that too, like, keep going back to it, but my whole upbringing, the Bible was the hammer that got, that you got hit with at church every week. Yeah. It wasn't an interesting book of stories. It was just the fucking anchor that you dragged around everywhere. And it was, you had to memorize all, at one point in catechism, we had to memorize all 72 Mm. books of the Bible, 72, right? 72 counties in Wisconsin. Am I getting that? No idea. Dude. 72 books in the (laughs) Bible. You're asking the wrong crowd. (laughs) That would be worth Googling. I've got a Bible over there. I could pick it up and just drop it on the table so we could all hear how (laughs) heavy it is. I think I I wouldn't mind reading the Bible. There are 66 books in the Bible. Okay. So 72 counties. You can see how I... There's poetry in the Bible. So I get that wrong. Okay. You probably like that part. Good stories. So sort of like... Not sort of. A lot like this, uh, the new series on ESPN about Michael Jordan that just aired. Haven't heard about it. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, this, this is for you, Silas. I <laughs> nicely done. I hate. I hated that guy his entire career. I cheered against him because uh, I like underdogs, and this has been well covered. But when that show came out, not just because we're desperate, there's no sports and I'm desperate for something to watch, but I genuinely... <laughs> no, wouldn't be that at all. It's really not. Oh, it, really? It's, you weren't I being mean, sarcastic. Okay. Of course I tuned in because I'm a basketball fan and I miss basketball. Uh, but I realized as I was watching it that it really has been long enough and I'm over it and I don't hate anymore. And it's a whole different experience to to watch Michael Jordan content and not just be gritting my teeth and grumbling the whole time. Did this come up because Michael Jordan is basketball God? uh, Yeah. I don't see the bridge yet. That's all right. It's coming. It's coming. Stay on the road because it's coming. I just wanted to irritate you with that. Michael Jordan is God comment. I hope I've got got a lifetime of that coming and I deserve it. Um, It's been long enough. I've put it all aside and now I'm looking at it through different eyes. Way less Wait way more impartial and just appreciating for what it is. So as I've discovered this Jordan Peterson biblical series, I'm, I sort of feel the same way that like, you know, maybe it's been long enough and it's time to quit hating and just listen with an open mind now. Mm. And he does it completely. There are no trappings of, any religion at all it's complete it's it's analyzed completely just as a work hmm. there is no I, I can't stress enough that there is no religious angle to it at all he's just looking at it as like you said these stories will die if they stop being told and like one of the first things he says in like the first five minutes is like you know, he's, he's, he's comment. He doesn't say anything brief. He's even windier than I am that in this modern world we live in, this secular world, he's like, just stop and think for a minute. The Bible has outlived kingdoms, empires. It has endured through, through all time, basically. And he's saying, no matter what you think of it, People put it together for a reason, and no matter what their reasons were, 
we should be glad that they did because it is the collected, it is an attempt at the collected human wisdom up to a certain point. Does he say the same things about like the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Torah or other religious works? I can't, you know, I can't, I can't comment on that. Or just the Bible. Right now it's, he is focusing on the Bible. This singular work and... We've all heard a different version of a certain version of how it came together. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you learn that it's not it wasn't written by the hand of God. Although what? <laughs> but I'm I'll just say it. My mom believes that. My mom believes the Bible was was written by God. It's it's a singular work that was written by an author. Um, at some point you learn that it's just it's a collection of stories over the millennia and it was fought over and it was debated and it was carefully structured uh 2700 years old so he wants to what he wants to do is explore this book explore the stories to to help everybody realize that there's nothing new under the sun every emotion anyone's ever felt it's all been done just because we're in a different century with technology and different way of life and everything, it's all been done. It's, and it's in here. It's all in here. And I'm just finding that endlessly fascinating. And the more I listen to stuff like this and the more I learn, maybe I'm a Unitarian. Uh, so, that idea that you said of yeah. earplugs and blindfolds, you're taking them off and realizing that you have this power the more I, the more I listen to his interpretation of this, it seems like the big cheat code of the Bible is that, and what has gotten lost over all this ocean of time, is that, it what it might be really, is just a book, to reinforce that heaven, is your life, that. That got spun out, depending on what religion you are. Heaven is always the afterlife and blah, 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 and so on. Uh, And then there's hell on the other side. Uh, But more and more, that's starting to hit me, that I think that's the message and that that seems to be the point. Mm -hmm. And that, like, these ancient stories of wisdom is, however you want to look at them, they're still true, the the core, the kernel of truth in them, and the reason that those stories got written down is to tell, because you need to be reminded all the time of these things. Every generation, every, and if you're a if you're a churchgoer, you got to be reminded every week. Uh, so I always interpret Jesus's life. At, I'm thinking about the Bible, and I'm thinking about heaven being on earth. And in you. And that, yeah, that paradise is your life. Correct. If you follow Mm. some wise, some wisdom, if you, if you avoid killing, stealing, lying, if you avoid these things, we touched on the Ten Commandments some pods ago. Right. That life is paradise. But when you cross these lines, these certain lines, and the stories have character names and stuff, but the truth in them is so irrefutable that if you cross certain lines, 
your your life becomes hell. It becomes chaos. I would argue that it's almost paradise. I always thought that Jesus was the example of... Sorry to interrupt your almost paradise rendition. People rising? I don't know. We'll Uh, never know now. Adam's cut me off. Go ahead, Adam. Say what was so important to say. It was really important. I always thought that Jesus was just a man who had, you know, extreme... Charismatic fellow. Very evolved, we'll say. Embodied the potential of humanity. But I always felt like, well, he just represents all of us. Like, that's what we could be if we just put our attention to evolving a little bit. I don't see him as something different than what we are. He put was him a in a long person. list of, of people like Gandhi and, and Martin okay. Luther King, too. Who, had ex- what do we do with people like that? We killed him. He had incredible abilities, incredible powers. He was a healer. He had all these things. But I also feel like, well, yeah, me too. And also you and you and everyone else. I've never cured a leper with a touch of my We just have to set our mind. Like, I feel like he was the example saying, hey, dummies, wake up. Start your evolutions now because you're Hmm. me. This This is what you are. I've made it through like five hours of this series. But he wouldn't say, hey, dummies. And I've made it to Cain and Abel. So I am a lifetime away from Jesus. This is just, <laughs> I'm still in the, mm. you know. My question it's, is. It's unfolding that slowly and mm. that carefully. Wow. I'm All surprised right. you have the patience for that. But I, oh, but it's it's just, it's thrilling. It's just, it's. And you're watching it with your kids? No. No. You, are, you think they got the fucking patience and the, the attention span to watch? No way. This mm. is me alone when everybody else is gone. Hmm. If I may. Hmm. Please, please. I think that uh, of those things that are still true from the ancient wisdom, I'm going to go back to forgiveness and how that is sort of the ultimate expression of humility. And religion has been good for keeping people humble. Even the concept of having a creator above you is just good to keep your ego in check. Right, because you had to ask him for forgiveness. Yeah, it just puts you, it, 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 it puts people in their place in terms of Ugh. our overall significance in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. even to a degree, and allows you to maybe admit that you're flawed. And you're, you know, not to say that I agree with the the idea of original sin, mm-hmm. but just that we're imperfect and we need, you know, help along the way to come into terms with that, you know, and not just forgiving others, but forgiving ourselves. And that's, that is the ultimate expression of humility. And, and that's a lesson that people need to hear and will need to hear forever mm-hmm. i believe and more but, than once well of course you need to be reminded well you, you need yeah. a, a pep talk once in a while uh god damn it i'm a humanitarian i'm a humanitarian <laughs> but would people thousands of years ago been satisfied with that message that enlightened perspective let's call it of hey there's this thing called forgiveness and it's kind of essential to you know a peaceful environment uh would people have accepted that 
without the stories of, and by the way, I just brought a guy back from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's got to be some sort of... Pay attention. Exactly. Some Mm -hmm. kind of sensationalism. I'm walking across water. Now listen to this. (laughs) Here's some real info that's that's actually useful. I'm not going to tell you how to walk on water. Only I can do that. (laughs) But what you can do is forgive your neighbor. That's true. He's like, this is the this is your kindergarten, basically. You're not going to get up to this advanced calculus <laughs> water walking that I'm doing, but here are your worksheets. And what Try it, to be forgiving. I'll give what? you the, the big crayons now. <laughs> right? I like what you've done. Like the big thick crayons. No, that drawing sucks. You're going to hell. <laughs> what did you what did you say about Jesus a, a minute ago that he you, you is it you perceive him or this is just your that he's the he his role is to tell people like hey it's within you you're me now wake up and go get it that's right and so, i think okay. forgiveness forgiveness is a big one too because anger and grudges and contempt and resentment are like blocks that poison keep, it keeps it's not just keeping you from other people it's keeping you from yourself so that was part of the whole forgiveness thing Forgive right. because otherwise you really can't be you. You're just a product of like old shit and you can't be in the present unless you kind of let that shit go. And man, pop quiz on 18 years of Catholicism, but mm. to sum up Jesus in a word in the Catholic tradition, the punchline of every single story is Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Every single one. Even if, even if you don't love Jesus anymore. (laughs) Forgiveness. Uh, Almost Paradise was Mike Reno, by the way. Uh, Lover Boy. Uh, Almost Paradise? Yeah. We're looking at him. That one? uh, They totally ripped Dylan off. Oh, and he had some help from Ann Wilson of Heart. Oh, of course. Chris loves Heart. She loves Heart. D- ditto, man. And no, she doesn't. She hates a little heart. bit of Don Henley. Oh, tough shit. I love heart. <laughs> I'll fight you over that. Tough shit. Come at me, bro. Uh, oh, what I'll happened? Pull, I, will pull uh, up, I will pull up lyrics. That I can I tell you. I mean, I, I no. You don't have to take it from me. Like that is the the summary of every fucking Jesus story. Because it's Pretty standing much. in it's standing in your way of everything. Yeah. Big. Not forgiving. Yeah, but the problem, I think, is that the tools they gave us to achieve that don't work. In a sense. <laughs> you know, like confession. Yeah. And the well, obsessive compulsive like yeah. versus psychotherapy or more modern methods of the tools, f- they pharmacology. Us, they like I think they may have gotten lost along the way. I think the Bible was misinterpreted. In a lot of different ways. I'm just talking about the way that we were instructed through the church. <laughs> we were, to, you know, they would discuss this high-minded, you know, uh, concept of, of forgiveness, but then they wouldn't really talk you through like, hey, farmers, this is what an apology sounds like. Try it out with your wife. <laughs> Maybe she won't leave you. Uh, you know how frustrating it must have been for Jesus to be like, I told them everything they needed to know and look at these idiots like they're going into these booths and asking for forgiveness from like some external source. Like it's I told the, them it was all within them. What is wrong with these it's people? It's the saddest irony. 
is that is that if the discipline of being a spiritual person or a good religious person, we're talking about humility again and forgiveness being the ultimate expression of that. Perversely, a lot of people who, you know, have a personal friend in Jesus and are real believers, mm. it has an opposite effect in that it's false humility and they oh, have this Lord. sense of superiority. Lord help me. Mm. Yep, I saw those big and, posters today. Dude, of course. And the and the then big, you got away, dude. Outside the women's yeah. clinic. What and then what? It's well said. Whatever. What the opposite of sparing judgment? You know, they take this judgment that they've never even had to really think about and just inherited, and wielded it with the least humble. You know. Just brute force, kind of that. It's it's a total perversion of the spirit. Mm-hmm. It is a club. Yeah. It is a bludgeon. Yeah, right. So right. the biggest and, challenge and then for us, instead of is a to gift, forgive them. Oh God, forgive them that they got it wrong. I was listening to Gervais, Ricky Gervais, on Conan's podcast, and he's he's talking about how he's not afraid of death. Oh, the, Ricky Gervais, yeah. got it, got it, because okay. death. Is like stupidity in that it only hurts other people. <laughs> and that's part of, I think, what... Not to say that there aren't intelligent people that aren't also arrogant, but that, that to me is sort of part of what allows you, in a sense, to find some forgiveness there and that, you know what? If, if you were smarter, you wouldn't be so sure of yourself. You well, wouldn't be so sure of everything. So I feel like the forgiveness is like the word God in that it has been misinterpreted. And so the the like Christian right or whoever that are so self-righteous and not really wanting not really wanting to understand other viewpoints, we'll say. And want to use it for like political power. Yeah, that definition of forgiveness, like I forgive him, he's a sinner. I forgive him because God wants me to forgive. That definition the sin, not the sinner. of forgiveness is different than the forgiveness of like a Buddhist monk forgiving his torturer when he's in captivity because he has so much compassion. He can understand like the point of forgiveness is you don't go around saying, well, they're stupid. So I forgive them because they don't know. The point of forgiveness is I can maybe put myself in their shoes and try to have compassion for their experience and why they think what they think. And like, that's a, that's an imaginary exercise. That is an imaginary exercise. that goes quite a ways beyond. I think the call that, uh, that we would have to put into practice in our day to day life, the expression, how it looks in our lives. I think I, why I can even cite as, uh, as, as recent as today that I fucked up at work and these two salespeople that I, I wasted at least a half an hour to an hour of their time driving the wrong way and then getting to where they were and give, getting them their stuff. And my after, after you can tell, you can gauge how people are with forgiveness and how they receive an apology, right? So the fact that I got back from both of them, uh, the message was essentially... Thanks for, you know, acknowledging that, but 
these are crazy times. We all make mistakes. You're not the first one who's done this. These kind of messages like, I, I, I fuck up too. Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, just from one person to another acknowledging like, thank you for acknowledging it, but I know what it's like. And so I'm not going to be too righteous in how I respond and make you feel like, how dare you? Because five seconds ago, I fucked something up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's self-awareness. There you go. Like, I think people just, maybe it is a, a matter of intelligence a little bit that stupid people maybe just don't have a sense. They can't, they don't have a, they can't take stock of their own record and bring that into play when they're encountered with other people's right. experience or whatever. They just think, I'm fucking awesome all the time. I and, don't know any stupid people. So and I, somebody can't, who would, I can't say. I yeah, and the person who would take your call, your apology today, and just read you the riot act. Right. You, you, you walk away from that and be like, huh, never made a mistake. That is fucking crazy. <laughs> what are you, like 50-something? <laughs> Never made a mistake. Wow. Well, I guess I finally met the person. Okay, well, good talking to you. Uh, we'll do this again real soon. Are they writing Are they writing your book now? Is it the Bible 2? The Bible sequel? The Sorry? Bible part 2. That is going to sell like crazy. Yeah. You see it. That's such a basic thing. And you see it in every, you know... Uh, sorry what if Jesus came back and he was like y'all need to leave me alone for it's gonna take me a couple years it's like George R. R. Martin you know with people waiting right. for the sequel to drop I'm working on the Bible part two I'm having some ghost writers write it for me my yeah. disciples so just it's gonna be confusing but just bear with me this guy that you work you know this I've been watching Dave really close and I'm almost there we're almost to the end uh, that forget that that's a that forgiveness thing can play it plays you see it play out all the time or the lack of it you know mm-hmm. so like i've worked in restaurants my oldest works at a grocery store so like when i'm at a restaurant short of like a rat skeleton or something in my food i don't i don't care how wrong they get it or whatever if it's still a plate of pretty good food i'm just like all right here we go uh can i have some a1 or and at the grocery store, if I if I see somebody who's just or and then on the other side of that is somebody that their food gets set down in front of them and they're just like, oh, I got to send this back. This is all wrong. And it's like not perfect. It's like. Or at the person in the checkout line that berates a cashier, you know, just some right. fucking yeah. teenager that just, you know, you're lucky they put their phone down long enough to ring you up. And so they charge you twice for this one dollar item or whatever. They don't want to be there either. Just. Yeah, right. Give him a break. It plays out around you all the time. You just, you just, any time of the day or night, you can just see it and you can be like, well, that person's a fucking jackass. Or you'd be like, hey, that person gets it. Like, we're all just struggling to fucking get by here. Just, you rang me up wrong. My food's a little bit off. Whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Moving on. What's next? You know, like, Uh, I've got a rat skull. Bigger problems. Yeah, it was just a skull. Heard. Fine. <laughs> I really liked what you said a minute ago about the message is forgiveness, 
it's the ultimate tool in the expression of humility and oh sorry I said the ultimate expression of humility I the, think, is being yes I even wrote it down humility equals forgiveness uh, and the ultimate expression I really like your analysis there that that's the message and it so frequently gets turned into this bludgeon this cudgel is that a Ooh, word i don't know no, i'm pretty sure cudgel not. is a word it is Dude, really good go with it something you touched on a little earlier was the acknowledgement of a higher power just that basic concept and in all my travels as a less government right winger kind of guy uh that is that is a concept that i think we wrestle with and we may be wrestling with right now as we get uh our coach isn't giving us a very good isn't guiding us very well isn't coaching us very well coach th trump th through this pandemic coach t yeah not not inspiring a lot of confidence not not the best coach He's like not even an assistant coach to the B team. He Regardless terrible. of the color Horrible. of the tie of the party that's in charge. That is something that as, as, as much resistance and antipathy that I have for my religious background. Hmm. That is something that's always rung very true to me that without a higher power to answer to, people, bodies, like government, run amok. When they lose sight of the fact that there is a power higher than you, and I don't want to ascribe a mm. Christian flavor or any flavor to it, when you fail to... When you act as though you are the highest power, mm. that's when things run amok. No one is above the law. And we Democratic, might be, really. And we might be seeing it play out right now. Is that... Mm. Nah, maybe not. Maybe, maybe this horseshit pandemic response from Coach T is not a great example of it. But that is something that, well, maybe as... as Orders of isolation and quarantine linger on against a backdrop of nonstop conflicting messages and mm -hmm. signals. It makes a person like me say, I think these people all forgot that they're full of shit and they don't know any more than we do. And this is what happens when people forget that they're not the ultimate power. Are you Does talking that about make the politicians? Sense? Yeah, government in general. Oh, Not okay. a big government guy. Uh, and in an ironic, in another ironic twist, during one of the best things about quarantine has been watching and watching and watching stuff <laughs> and more stuff, whether it's the Jordan Peterson Bible series or dozens of movies or shows you can binge. 
one of them that I saw was called Hail Satan, question mark. Hail Satan? It's on Hulu. <laughs> I'm sure it's available elsewhere, too. I saw it. Caught it on a morning. Uh, one of my kids was coming off of about 24 hours of throwing up. And he really couldn't say no. And I just hit play. And it was the story of the modern satanic temple. And I, I brought this up on the first uh, Zoom pod. Mm-hmm. Quite out of nowhere and with no real reason or background. <laughs> uh, and I read the seven tenets of the temple of Satan. Don't need to go through them again. Uh, and we don't have a live audience that can demand that I do. But I don't think I need to. But they were pretty unexpected when you hear the word Satan, the principles had nothing to do with Satan whatsoever. They have nothing to do with worshiping the dark one right. or any specific nothing dark entity. at all. Right. Nothing evil. What Hail Satan lays out is that the modern satanic temple appears to be a place, a banner, if you will, mm-hmm. that people who feel disaffected, People who are recovering from a religious upbringing, people who are sick and goddamn tired of the religion of consumerism, Mm -hmm. the banner of the satanic, the modern satanic temple seems to be a place where all these disparate people of varying backgrounds and their own reasons can assemble under something with a big middle finger up that's just like, it feels, and I feel a kinship to them, which is, I don't know exactly what I think, but it ain't that. So I'm under this banner now with my middle finger up. Well, so fuck that. I think probably most people could, if you take away the name, because Satan is just... It is a button. Oh, Just the same way God is a button. Such every a button. time you said God and I twitched? Yes. It's it, a it, huge exactly. button. Huge. Exactly. But if you take that away and you look at what they're really doing and what they're about, I think most people would probably have something in common with what they believe. Just the fact that they they disagree with a country that claims that all religions are welcome, and yet it's clearly married government with Christianity Mm -hmm. and they're trying to kind of pull those two things apart. And so I feel like, well, that's logical. Yeah. This, this isn't a country under God because some people in America don't believe in God. So you can't really lawfully do that. I think it became, they said it, it talked about money, Money getting the stamp of God around the time when there was a big Russia scare. Is that right? In the 50s, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it, people needed wasn't always something. There. People were looking for something to cling to to feel safe. And so they started stamping in God we trust on money and saying the Pledge of Allegiance. They threw God into the Added under God to the Pledge and, of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now I feel like is the time where people are starting to say, hey, I'm not Christian and my God is called something else or I don't believe in God at all and I'm an American and why is this on my money if this this country was started 
from people that wanted to get away from religion. There's nothing in the Declaration of Independence about religion, about needing to be Christian. It's about separating from religion, isn't it? Well, if I may, please touch on something that's problematic with, like, I think about a big influence on me and the way I see the world. Uh, Andy made me laugh a lot was George Carlin. Hmm. And he, he got pretty bitter and cynical, even for my taste, like, uh, later in his career, but he would talk about how he loved people on an individual level, but hated it, all institutions. And, and I can relate to that on some level. That's part of my resistance probably towards any kind of organized faith school. You know, it's, uh, I think it, all the compromise that is, built into that experience, you know, is problematic, is troublesome when you have to start conforming your views to someone else's in order to achieve a sense of community. Or so we're torn between wanting to be part of a community, but also wanting to be individuals with our own beliefs and our own thoughts about things. So anytime you want me to sign up as a member of anything, even if we kind of agree on a number of things, I'm wary because, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in a position by joining, identifying with your, your country, your whatever the institution uh, in a position where you may have to compromise yourself in order to be part of the group. Well, it's safer to join organizations where the focus is on what you do and not what you believe, like a songwriting group or a running group or a group that cleans up the highway. There's no threat to your individuality in that, is there? Except that maybe you're pulled into a social circle with folks and, you know, exposed to some personalities and people that you'd rather just not deal with that are annoying. Well, in this movie, they ran into a problem because one of the main... But you got to hang out with them because you're, you know, in the club. One of the main leaders um, went too far. And I feel like this group was kind of founded on... These are all misfits. Went too far? Mm -hmm. These are all kind of misfits, right? And they are people who disagree with how things are being done and they're really for equality and justice, I guess. And one of the women made a threat against the president. Do you remember that part? Nay. She made a threat against the president in one of the rituals. President who? Trump. Coach T? Yeah. So terrific. And so she got kicked out of the satanic temple <laughs> for making a threat of violence against. Oh, I, okay. I missed you that. You missed that? I did. I, yeah, I did. I caught a lot of stuff. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny to get kicked out of the satanic <laughs> group. You must have really <laughs> fucked up. It's, it's loaded I don't know if it's irony or not, but it's loaded with irony. Yeah. You threaten Coach T 
you get booted out of the satanic temple. <laughs> How f- fucking upside down does that sound? I know. But that is the roadmap. Those are the tenets that this group like, hey, do you need a jet? is laying out. And I like how so of all the I, I don't remember that part. But of course I strongly remember the part about uh the satanic panic of the eighties. I think we touched on that too in the Zoom pod. Uh all sorts of devil music and playing Dungeons and Dragons was considered uh satanic in some fashion. And we grew up in that period. Talk like, about needing some real fucking problems. <laughs> we are out of problems. <laughs> uh <coughs> But it was. Let's start playing records backwards. Somebody, That's, you all need a fucking <laughs> pandemic or something up in this piece because you're going after two live crew with all your force. But we lived it, <laughs> and every every new thing you heard that could be satanic. I mean, especially in a house like mine that was so ultra sensitive. My mom went through my tapes, and some got confiscated. Oh man! I had to cross out words with a sharpie and <gasps> stuff, and what? my what words. Yeah. Uh, uh, Metallica content. Uh, there's a song called "Am I Evil?" First lyric is, "My mother was a witch. She was burned alive." <laughs> and uh, so, which word did you have to cross out? Like, wit. Uh, my mother was a witch. I had to cross that out. Like, just. Oh my god! I remember that period. I remember that sentiment in my church. Oh my god! That playing. Dungeons and Dragons could lead the young people to an unsavory place with the dark one. And just sitting out there going like, what the fuck are these people talking about? Like, it's a game with a dice that has 11 sides and you get to be a character and not everybody's good at sports. It's what's the big deal? So I lived through all that and I take that very personally, that whole storyline in there Mm. that what a crack of shit where are we really out of problems like is it really a band that's causing our problems here (laughs) the other thing though like the real i think the real central thrust of the movie though is that reserving judgment it uh it covers a lot of things it cut it it covers it from a lot of angles it's a little bit funny it gets a little bit serious the satanic panic which of course was covering up for Massive, widespread, out of control abuse of children by priests the world fucking over Mm -hmm. and covering it up. And it was the timing of it is just a little too coincidental to be an accident. Mm. Uh, So that's a huge theme. That's not that's not where I really wanted to go, but that's important. Uh, The real thrust of it, though. Sort of the mission of the movie when after they've laid out all these other concepts and and helped you take a look and be like, is any religion better than this? Is it is this flag that people are lining up under today for whatever reason? Is it any worse than any church? Mm-hmm. The real thrust of it is uh, some court cases. Uh, Oklahoma, I believe there was a motivated politician a Bible-thumping politician that wanted a Ten Commandments monument, some sort of Christian monument in front of the Capitol or in the square or something. And the Satanic Temple springs into action and says, 
we want to put up a statue of the Baphomet, which I'm not an expert. <laughs> well, I actually am. The Baphomet? No. The Baphomet. The Baphomet is the kind of goat-headed uh, <laughs> symbol, uh, sits on a throne, uh, has a scepter, I'm sure. Uh, Tenacious D would have taught you that. Sure. Uh, a scepter. A, a scepter is important. And Very satanic looking. The community goes bonkers, of course. And, but they calmly lay out their case that we are an organization that is for religious freedom, religious diversity. This is guaranteed in our founding document. And if you're going to put up a statue of the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. then we have every right to put up a statue of the Baphomet Mm -hmm. because we're all different. Right. And we all don't follow the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the people the people in the in those kind of town hall settings mm-hmm. lose their shit. <laughs> and the way that they go about oh man, I I, I can't uh, it's been a couple weeks since I saw it, but mm-hmm. the kind of case, huge air quotes that these people lay out against them is asinine. Weak. And if I could attempt to bring it all back around of all the people to point out, of all the people to remind uh. your Bible-thumping politicians, oh, maybe that's not the way to phrase that. It's just, I, I guess it's ironic that the Satanic Temple is the group that has to take it to court to actually show up in court and fight for religious freedom and diversity in the face of these Bible thumping groups that want to push a Christian agenda. Well, it's the same thing that it's getting attention. Oh, this is not going to be a popular comparison, but it's like what you were saying with Jesus where you're like, look at me. Guess what? I'm doing something sensational. I just made a million loaves of bread from one. (laughs) That's right. Now, by the pay way, attention. By the way, yeah, don't be so judgmental. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. But they're basically like, guess what? Satan, everybody. Satan, Satan. Also, um, this country can't have religious doctrine outside federal buildings. <laughs> you know what I Exa- mean? Yes. They're doing the yes. same thing. That's a better, you, yes, you just put it better than I did. Yes. Exactly. It's smart, but it's still shocking. You yes. really have to want to get over that hump of saying it's Satan. It kind of undermined your credibility when you revert to that tactic, in my view. Like, I stop listening to your message when you, when mm-hmm. your, when your goal is to shock, put a goat-headed, you know, figure out on the lawn of the courthouse mm-hmm. or whatever. To like, all right. I, I love absurdity and everything, but you know, if you want to make a serious point, like at what at what point can't just the merit of your cause or the idea itself I will say carry this. the day they, or when the day you don't have to wrap it up. They interpreted Satan differently. They they said that Satan embodied the qualities of like direct confrontation without fear. So they're not gonna beat around the bush. Satan did not beat around the bush. If he had a problem, he came out with it. He was like, I'm going to tell it to you straight. 
I'm going to go toe to toe with the biggest power there is. If hoof I need to toe. Hoof to toe with the Cloven biggest. Cloven hoof. Cloven hoof to toe with the biggest powers that be if I need to, to get my point across. So they're kind of, they're interpreting Satan in a different way than Jesus most was a rebel. people interpret Satan. But you don't know that. You can't use a you can't use a universal symbol like a swastika exactly, and then say it represents no, good, something else. Yeah, no, the, but the, the 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 good part of the Nazi party yeah. that's misunderstood, yes, right? Yeah, right yeah. Yes, and that is total. They are one hundred percent a political group, and like an um, activist group, using Satan as a front to kind of get attention. I th- I thought draw attention to their. To the cause, even though the cause is good. But I, I relate to the cause. So you're Unitarian and a Satanist at the same time. Unitarian Satanist. Hail Satan. (laughs) Uh, Satanic Universalist? Unitarianist. Unitarian? I don't know. My relationship with Satan. I am not a Satanist. Do you have a personal relationship with Satan? I might. (laughs) Oh, Oh, what a friend Dan has in Satan. The more he has a statue of Baphomet over his bed. <laughs> That'd be hot. This is going to be tough to explain. There's like though. dirty underwear on the the hooves and the horns. Horns. <laughs> Are you questioning my hygiene? <laughs> I meant clean underwear. Just because I love Satan doesn't mean that I have poor hygiene. <laughs> Me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your end. If it's scandal flow for one tap into a bobbin head, there's signal coming back on the same man for freaking frequency wavelength. How's the reception connection? Don't flip the dial, let's see performance. It's commercial free. It's commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my CD. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, what I need's a new remote. I'm on and click. Point, click, flip around, for a little more appreciation oh, from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what the say is true? Less is more. More is what I'm telling you.